the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Mission Life Podcast. Today we are at the NRB event in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have a chance to sit down with singer, songwriter Stephen McWhorter. Stephen, Baker. welcome to the... <laughs> Candlestick maker, <laughs> Stephen McWhorter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ah, it's good to be here with you guys. Welcome this is great. <laughs> That's right. I just like to do that right out the gate so people know what they're getting into for the next 25 minutes or whatever. <laughs> I didn't Love know if we it. need to restart the interview. <laughs> nope, nope, like nope. You're not allowed, Dan. You're not allowed. We got to keep, keep going. pressing through. That's right. Awesome. We have a great show for you and uh, listeners. <laughs> Steven, you know, we, we know as singer-songwriters, uh, you know, some of the most amazing music and most amazing lyrics come from some of the most trying and most challenging circumstances. Yeah, sometimes I wish it wasn't that way. <laughs> I wish I could write the best song at the best time in my life, but seems like it's not the case, you know. Uh, no, not the case. So take us back to some of some of those things. We know, you know, we love to hear some of the yeah. backstory, even from from the get go, yeah. of people's stories. Can you tell us, you know, what God was doing in your life? I know you come from, you know, a, a religious family or a Christian yeah, family, sure, but. That wasn't always the case in your life. Can you t- can you take us back to some of that? Yeah. No, I mean, well, my dad was an evangelist, and we traveled church camp to church camp, you know, growing up. That was my childhood. And I, I just remembered the guy I saw on Sunday morning or, you know, behind a pulpit, and the one that I saw at home was not the same. I literally watched my father physically abuse my mom and then get up and preach about Jesus. And I was like, you know what? If this God guy is real, Jesus, whatever, I don't want anything to do with it because he's not good. And so I've been down this intense path of like rebellion, even at a young age. And it was, you know, starting at 13, it was smoking and drinking and marijuana and that kind of stuff. 15, I'm, you know, cocaine, I'm selling drugs, all that. By the time I'm 17, I'm a full out crystal meth addict and I'm using crystal meth almost every day for nearly six years. Oh my goodness. And uh, during that time, I was the guy that just like vehemently hated Christianity like I would either knock you out or cuss you out if you mentioned the name Jesus around me mm-hmm. and I just remembered there were people that were really burdened for me like you know interceding in prayer for me which is just praying for a person right they're just really burdened for me and praying for me and I always say to people that this is as much a story about the power of prayer as it is a testimony of God redeeming a, a drug addict but it's like because mm-hmm. You know, I remember people telling me how they would pull over on the side of the road just like ugly crying, boogers coming out of the nose, right, <laughs> over me coming to Jesus. And I always say, you know what, it, it, we are such instinctively selfish people, right, that if you ever just pull over on the side of the road and start ugly crying over somebody coming to Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit, like, mm. wooing you to intercede on behalf of that person. And he wants to do something um, in you as much as he wants to do something through you. There's something special important about you getting on your knees and speaking this person's name like you know if you've ever been to an event or if we've done events and i share my testimony people always come up and and crying and will say will you pray for my brother will you pray for my husband will you pray for my friend will you pray for my child blah, blah blah and we will and we always do but there's a reason that person is burdened so heavily and are crying over this person the holy spirit has put them 
you know, put this person on their heart. There's something special about them mm-hmm. praying, right? Sorry, my spirit animal is a squirrel. We're back. Uh, <laughs> it's good. But, but, you know, so people are like, I know God's after me at this time because people are praying for me in this way. And somebody comes in and gives me this book about uh, Jesus called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Yeah. And it's a great book, but it's not just about a book. It's really about just the Lord using this, right? So having told you how against Christianity I was, this is the most miraculous part of the story, right? Because when they offered me the book, I didn't like cuss anybody out or claw their eyes out. You know, I just accepted the book. I was like, cool, thanks. You know, fast forward, I'm living in a house full of musicians and drugs. It's like a big cliche. And uh, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm in this room alone. Nobody's playing softly and quietly in the corner, but it's just me and the Lord. And we begin to have this internal dialogue. And it was just like, Stephen, I'm real i'm good what are you gonna do about it and i just remember being like god okay i want i want to do this i want to give you my life i want to quit all this addiction all this darkness all this depression all this stuff that i've known for so long i i was an addict like hardcore for over almost 11 years and um it was a lot right and i remember being up for like four days at one point and literally having the conversation with myself i'm like you're gonna die at a young age because you can't quit Mm. And just coming to that place that you don't get much further down in the pit than that. And so when I was like, God, I want to, but I can't. I mean, I meant it, you know. And I just remember in a thought more powerful than words, the Holy Spirit, like, breathed something in me that changed me for the rest of life. And it was, Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. And, and just like Christianity, the basics, like 101, right? Uh, I think it says in John that the only work that the Father asks of us is to believe believe in Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I believed in that way and fell to my knees crying (laughs) in a room by myself and gave my life to Jesus. Uh, I had been in church enough growing up where I knew what to do. Right. And so I just went from addiction to redemption, meth addict to worship leader, literally quit everything overnight Mm. because God's real. It's all real. Right. Yeah. And it takes the kindness of a very real God to meet a wounded pastor's kid in a place like that. And I always have people say to me, uh, cause I do a lot of speaking and stuff at addiction recovery stuff. Right. Um, they'll say, Oh, you can't say overnight like that. It doesn't work like that. You can't say that cause that discourages people. I'm like, well, the story is true. It is what it is. Right. But also if don't be discouraged because if you read the gospels, Jesus never healed anyone the same way twice. Mm-hmm. Every story has a purpose, right? Your story has a purpose. How the Lord does it with you, when you tell that story, it's going to do something for somebody else. Um, so, yeah, um, kind of crazy. Uh, that's a long story. People are always like, wow, you quit sm- doing meth, man. That's amazing. I'm like, I quit smoking cigarettes. I was smoking two packs a day. If you've ever been to an AA meeting, the one thing all these people are doing is smoking. <laughs> so, God's real. That's all I got to say. So, oh, really? yeah. yeah. Praise God. What stands out to me, well, there's so much that stands out, but one of the big things is you're talking about somebody having a burden. And mm-hmm. I think when God gives people burdens, it's like he gives that revelation to mm. that person of how he feels for that for other people. Like he gives that, he pulls back the curtain a little bit of his love and allows you to feel some of that love for that he feels for other people. And, right. and I think that's just, it's amazing when you have those burdens, it's like, wow, like God, like you really feel that way for for us right. like you, you have this glimpse of his his love and uh, for, right. for other people and that's that's huge and i think what other what else stands out is that 
like you had those seeds deposited t- into you when you were a young age. You went to these church camps. You you knew what to do. You said, <laughs> yeah. but but you didn't necessarily believe it because there was this dichotomy, like there was this bipolarity oh, that yeah. was happening, and you 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 couldn't really you know you a couldn't get behind that. A big part of let me say this real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, the Lord redeems me and saves me and pulls me out of addiction. That's wonderful. But you see, God's redemption. But you see, Dan and Amanda, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God's redemption is like a tsunami. It, it starts in one place, and then it just carries out over your life. And sometimes in ways you may never, ever see. Um, but it's a constant thing, Right. Well, um, the, my father ended up getting um, healing, and the Lord ended up restoring our relationship, and he ended up getting healthy and things, you know. Um, he ended up baptizing me and my wife, and he ended up performing our wedding ceremony. Wow. So God is a God who redeems everything. He doesn't want to just stop with us. He wants to move out throughout everything that, we, that touches our lives, mm. right? And that is... For me, I think even like when I saw what I saw growing up, right? It's just, the, but there's hypocrites in everything <laughs> in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we can't be surprised that there's people in Christian faith that there's hypocrites and stuff, but because our faith isn't in a person, our faith is in the Lord, yes. right? That's the thing that we forget when a giant Christian figure falls and publicly and everybody's like, oh no, you know, uh, a lot of artists go i've just decided i don't believe in god anymore and i'm gonna do this it's like and then all these people are like oh no i'm like mm. my faith is in jesus absolutely i yes. mean not this person i i love them and i don't want this for them but my faith's in the lord and for me that's where it hit that's where it started oh my gosh you're real god it's all real i actually get to know you you want to actually use me in my life in a way that I don't even know yet, but I know it's going to be awesome. And uh, I always tell people, I said, the thing about it is, is who you are as a believer starts in the place where no one's watching. Mm. It comes out of the overflow of a life lived in the presence of God. So I'm not like when I get on a stage, people are like, now he's worshiping. No, now is the overflow of who I am and nobody's around. Mm. Um, because you can't manufacture that. You can't just go, I'm really talented. Gifts are only going to take you so far. Um, I've seen people get up and lead worship that really talent-wise are not that great, but they usher me into the presence of God in a way that's like mind-blowing. And it's because they know him. They spend all this time with him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us as believers, when we talk about like the whole dichotomy of like what we see behind closed doors and blah blah blah. it's really it's an integrity thing it's who you are it's who you really are not just what who you allow people to see Mm. Um, that's where the kingdom starts and it overflows from there yeah in the secret place spending time with the father and being in the word and just knowing who he is preachers try reading the bible just to get to know him, not to prepare for a sermon. And that's hard because songwriters, we have a hard time reading the Bible without going, that would be a great song idea. Instead of mm. just like, oh, what are you saying to me? And how can I just sing to you? Even as a songwriter, one of the main things I've done for years is just sing to him. And no matter how good it is or bad sometimes, but how good it is, don't hit record on voice memo because it's just me and him. Mm. I'm not doing this for somebody else. 
then what I do is going to have something on it that only can come from him, right? Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of that story of the, you know, the disciples, um, disciples, and they said, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were, they took note that they had mm -hmm. been with Jesus. And yeah. there's something that happens when we're with Jesus, that power is imparted into us, and that love is imparted into us. And, you know, when, and we all have been through seasons where we, we don't spend time, the adequate time with Jesus, and we begin to feel depleted. We begin to feel kind of less of that overflow, like you were talking about, and, and, it, and it's noticeable, isn't it? It starts with, like, I wake up and check my email first. <laughs> you don't even know how that happened, right? You're like, wow, what happened? I'm waking up just checking my email. How did I get here? Yeah. Uh, it's just, we, 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 it's a slow, subtle process that we don't see it coming until it's too late. And we're like, oh, no, what am I doing? Okay, I got to come back to my first love. You yeah. know, I got to come back to this thing. And it's okay. You know, there's grace. Mm. Um, there's lots of grace. Yeah. It, and, you know, it goes back to, I'm trying to make sure I say this right, but yeah, the, the Ten Commandments, which, what's the first one? There's not 11, there's 10. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I was kind of, I was kind of, that brings me back to the fingers, 14 commandments. Because I've added some, yeah. personally. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But the first one is what? Thou shalt have no. Yeah, that, yeah, lo, yeah thou shalt know the God of me, right? Yeah, or before and what me, Jesus yeah. would say, he would say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love people. Yeah. You know, but that's it, what he would say. Right. Yeah. And like those, those, they're not like, there were the book a long time ago. It was like about the 10 commandments and it was called the tender commandments. It was <laughs> 10 and then it had D E R <laughs> the tender commandments. And it was about how, you know, essentially God gives these to us because he loves us because they're, 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 sure. they're, the guidelines or guardrails for us. Right. And to your point about like, you're checking your email, like, first like like when we start off with other things being first in our day or first in our, you know like that's when stuff starts derailing and, and we don't have and, that overflow and don't lives. get me wrong I, I mentioned that because I'd like to wake up in the morning and just spend time with him I want, yeah. I want the first word out of my mouth to be I love Amen. you you yeah. know and then go from there yeah. uh, but sometimes it subtly happens and I, I also don't want to give people the idea that there's this religious thing that you have to do all your spiritual things at 5am sure. I mean some right. people yeah. <laughs> you know hey if you spend two hours in the middle of the day or an hour in the middle of the day you're doing yeah. that's amazing whatever right. the Absolutely. offering to him you, you can know? make that religious but essentially what how how is it that your heart is for you know is yeah. you God at first you know we, we had a little little opportunity last night to hear you lead worship and Jason and I were together here at Claiborne. Yeah, yeah. You guys were doing an amazing job last night and, and the presence that you brought, mm. um, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't your presence. It was God's yes. presence, right. but you facilitated that by your gifting and the anointing. And, yeah. um, and so, so much of that transfers from your quiet time into, into your music mm. overflow. Tell us a little bit more about some of the projects and some of the music that you're you're working on currently and how what God's doing in your life. Well, yeah, we we just Jason and I. I mean, I've been back in the day. I was in a band called Iron Bell Music, and I was the front man for that. And that was started out of a prayer ministry, you know. And it was just mm -hmm. kind of like, and uh, and then we went off and started touring and doing tons of stuff, for like t over two hundred and some odd dates a year. It was crazy. We were just living on the road. And then the pandemic hit, and it was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess uh, I have to do this trust God thing that I always talk to everybody about. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, what? I didn't mean me. I meant everyone else, Lord. No. Um, 
So, you know, um, anyways, I, I just remember the beginning of the pandemic. I had released something with Tubby Max producer, a friend of mine, Brian Fowler. It was called Come Jesus Come. And we were super, like, it was a beautiful song. Love the song. But we released it. And then the very next day, I was on a walk with the Lord, which makes me sound very spiritual. I was just walking and just trying to listen, you know. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, oh, hey, I want you to do something with an all-black choir. Because I had the fun idea of, like, God, that would be so fun. And I just felt like the Lord was like, yeah, I, I'm giving you that idea that it would be fun, right? Um, and I was like, okay, but I'm too white. <laughs> Don't send me. I always say that's probably what Moses said. Don't send me. I'm too white. But uh, he wouldn't have been white. That doesn't make sense. But here's the point. I, I remember just being like, ugh, who? And so I called my friend Jason Claiborne. He, like, lives 10 minutes from me. He's a Grammy-nominated, you know, double award-winning, like, gospel artist. He has an amazing choir. And we're really close friends. And I was like, hey, man, we want to, we want to do this thing. I mean, everybody's just sitting around home in their pajamas right now anyways. <laughs> you know, it's the pandemic. What we, <laughs> let's get our good sweatpants on. Let's do this thing. So I just remember him being like, yeah, man. And a week later, we're in a studio with a 30-piece choir. Just singing songs to the Lord. One of the songs was We Repent. And it was just all of us going, We repent of all of our sins and turn to you, Lord. And it was just like, nobody, this isn't the feel good hit of the summer. It's like, this is the the cry of the Holy Spirit. And, mm. and it was just super effortless and so joyful and so fun and so holy and so special. And we just said, Okay, let's just keep doing this. And so that was it. And we've we put out a record last year. The first year of the pandemic, then we put out another record last year, uh, and we are going in the studio literally in a week to record um, a few songs, one of which was the one we opened with last night called Rafa, mm. which is just Jehovah Rafa. And so even writing these new songs, we really are not, we do not, I mean, we do not sit around and go, what will people like? What will do well at radio? What will do well on streaming? Who, what, what will churches sing? Um, that's the wrong place to start. It's not a bad place to start. I would just say for, for us, it's the wrong place to start because it's more Holy Spirit. What do you want to sing? Mm -hmm. What's already being sung in heaven that you want us to sing here, right? To join in on, help us to hear the songs already written there and yeah. bring them to earth, wow. right? And because um, he's the creator, right? He's the best songwriter that ever was. Yeah. And uh, so we we just remember praying. We have a friend who is in her thirties. And um, she has three kids, and she is married, and she has, she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Mm. They said inoperable. So oh. it was basically like, your doctor says you have inoperable stage four colon cancer. We can do some chemo and stuff and hope for the best. Um, that's like a death sentence in your 30. And you're just looking at your kids, and you're like, oh, my gosh, who's going to be their mom? What's going to happen? Just, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And... I remember when we were told that our friend Kurt Vernon said he was praying for, he said, man, I didn't know what to say. Cause often when that's going on, you want to give a sermon on why, what's God doing and all this kind of stuff. And that's like the worst thing to do, by the way, do yeah. not do that. Uh, he said, all I could think to say was, you know, God, just be yourself. Just, just heal this person. We have a song, God be yourself too. But we, we wrote this song cause she found out that she was still battling this cancer and it wasn't going away. Right. And we were just like, God, you are a healer. It says this in your word. But at the same time, I see people die that I pray for. What do I do with that, right? There's a lyric in the song that says, uh, you'll do what can't be done. 
either now or forever, but we know it's going to come. And the idea in that is it does kind of address the fact that God's not a liar. <laughs> Sometimes in a fallen world, we may not see the fullness of that. But at yeah. the same time, we keep pressing into it out of faith, right? That he'll, he can do this thing. Well, a couple of days ago, literally a couple of days ago, the reason why we played the song was she uh, texted everybody and she said that her doctor told her she's completely healed, zero cancer. Amen. Praise Jesus. So God is real. And I have to admit, I said this the other day, it's like, I know he's a healer. I know it. I can't read half the Bible and just rip it out and go, I don't like that. It doesn't make sense. It's like, I'm like, I know he's a healer. But even I, when she called and said that, was like, really? <laughs> like, I mean, yes, of course, you know, but it was like. Uh, <laughs> That's what we've been believing all along. <laughs> so, yeah, like last night, we just, as we were praying about the event, and just a reminder, because this NRB thing, we can get caught up in just platforms and building things and meeting people, and that's all good and right and beautiful. But I think sometimes we just need to remember God's real and he's yeah. crazy powerful and he's crazy able to do things that nobody in this room can do on their own. No, no skill set can do it. No amount of money can do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and we just need to remember that we have a serve a God who has a solution to problems that no one's come up with yet. Yeah. And no. he's able. It's really cool. Yeah. It's so good. It's just, I think, Especially since the pandemic, you know, and all the, the fear and anxiety that's come out of that. Um, people just crave the presence of God. And sometimes they don't know that's what they're craving, but that's what they're craving more intensely in these times. So just bringing yeah. people into that place, it's incredible. Yeah, and something that you said really hit me where you said you want to play the music of, of heaven, you know, and we, mm -hmm. we, when we, we pray the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as sure. it is in heaven, you know, and to your point, like there's songs in heaven being sung and ultimately we don't necessarily need to take our music up to heaven. Like we want to be singing those songs that are already be sung, being sung. If it's sung. not being sung there, I don't want to sing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing that we don't think about. It's like, this is going on all the time there. And so, mm -hmm. even as songwriters, sometimes people are like, we can't just say worthy, 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 holy, holy, holy again. I said, well, <laughs> when you get to heaven, you're going to actually see why we sing that. And there, it's going to have a whole other weight. So if I could sing something that's been sung a million times here, but actually see it in the fullness of the revelation of what it means to say God's holy, then it's different. Mm -hmm. But if I sing it from a place of holy, holy, oh, this is just like all those other songs, but okay, fine, I'll sing it. But if I sing it from a place of, oh, my gosh, you are holy. I see you like Isaiah saw you yeah. in, in the temple and was like, woe is me. I'm an unclean person. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, all the angels. It's like if we could see him in that way and sing holy for real, then that would be all we'd want to sing for all eternity. Mm -hmm. And we'd never get tired of it. But I also think artists, if you're an artist and you're listening to this, uh, a lot of people will say negatively of you, you're sensitive. They're a sensitive person. And they don't mean it in a nice way. They mean, oh my gosh, she's so sensitive. She's so sensitive. Mm. You're sensitive for a reason. You're supposed to be sensitive to the things of heaven and bring them to earth. But the enemy and sometimes fallen people, you know, they use that sensitivity to make you land on negative things and depression and all this stuff, right? Artists are like, you ever heard the tortured artists kind of like <laughs> saying, right? 
But art is from the Lord. And that sensitivity is from him for something good, something beautiful to bring to earth. And so everything is meant to be redeemed. And at first glance, it's like, that's a bad thing. But what if what it was meant to be, if we could see that fully from the Lord, and especially art, because art shapes culture. Yeah. Government tries to manage it. (laughs) Everything else is trying to manage it. Art shapes culture and it's from Mm -hmm. the Lord. And that sensitivity is from the Lord. So, yeah, you know, you want to be creative, truly creative. Let yourself be sensitive to the things of heaven and bring them to earth. Mm. Right? Yeah, so good. Yeah. You know, I know we want to be respectful of your time. Um, It's so important that you are. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I have some Cocoa Pebbles to eat, so let's get this over with. Come on. (laughs) You know... Love, love your music, and and love how your the heart behind your music and the spirit behind your music even even more than that. I want to circle back just really quick, kind of in, in a conclusion. Yeah. Um, because I know there's a lot of listeners. You're a very blessed person that you had spiritual principles imparted to you from a young age, even though there was this sort of even though I had to relearn them. Correct. <laughs> yeah, you had to relearn them. Because right. You saw what what you saw and what you experienced were not. Yeah. They're not. They were not in tandem, right? Right. They weren't in alignment. You had the blessing of kind of seeing your relationship with your dad redeem, and seeing your dad kind sure. of come back full circle, right? Yeah. But can you talk to our listeners for you know how did you take that experience, and how do you implement that as in what you experienced seeing in your dad? How do you change yourself now as being a dad of, of three boys? Can you, can you speak to that <laughs> yeah. uh, just a little bit more? Of how, what well, I can't t- say uh, that I'm a perfect father, but I can say um, that I'm a very real one. Like I don't um, pretend to be someone I'm not, right? I've met, my kids see me pray. They see me fast. They see me do. They also see me stub my toe and say words I shouldn't say, right? <laughs> so they know that, that I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I've made it very real for them. And we've been really blessed. I mean, you know, so we have a 14-year-old and a 7-year-old, but I have a 17-year-old. And you're still 14. You're like, he's, he, he's, he's in Bible studies. He's doing his thing. But I'm still just waiting to see, is this going to stick? And uh, But with my 17-year-old, I mean, this is a kid that will just stop and pray for a stranger in a, in a grocery store, right, if they tell him something. And I can't say that I do that, so that's the Lord. <laughs> but he's, like, you know, just really brave. So I don't know. I think the Lord's just really heard my cry, which is, like, let it be real. You're real. Let it be real for them, you know. Um, let them not just look to me. Let them really know you. Because, you know, in John 17, 3, and you see this throughout the Gospels, uh, Jesus says, you know, we want them to have eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. And we think, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to be alive forever and in heaven, eternal life. But actually, John 17, 3, Jesus says, as he's praying for the disciples and everyone, he says, I pray that they would have eternal life. And then he says what it is. He says, John 17, 3, says that they would know you. The one mm. true God in Jesus, me, who you've sent. Eternal life is knowing what God's really like. So for my kids, it's just like to know the one who is life, like really know him, like know him intimately. Like people are like, how do you know it's God's voice when you pray and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I spend enough time with him and get to know him 
because if somebody calls me that I haven't talked to in 10 years and goes, hey, it's what's up? And I'm like, well, who is this? And I'm like, it's me, blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, blah, blah. We haven't talked in 10 years. How am I going to know it's you from, hey, what's up? But if my wife calls me, who I know very well, and all she does is go, <clears throat> I'm like, yes, dear. You know? <laughs> it's like, because <laughs> she knows me so well. It's the same thing with the Lord. I spend so much time with him that all he has to do is breathe in a room of 10,000, and I know it's him. Mm-hmm. But how would I know if I don't spend time with him? It's just like that friend that calls me, right? So for my kids and for any parent, it's just you just pray that they would know him. That you wouldn't, it's not that you be perfect, but it's that they know him. Mm. And that's it. It's so good. You know, you mentioned prayer again. And, you know, towards the start of this interview time, um, you were talking about how people felt burdened to pray for you yeah. when you were going through those struggles. And just to encourage the listeners, if there are people that are on your heart to pray for, just to not give up, mm-hmm. that that is a huge calling. Um, huge ministry that there's so much that happens that we can't see with our natural eyes, but we have no idea what God's doing with what we can't see. So just to encourage you, keep praying, keep pressing in, do not give up on that. Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, you're going to be starting a new project very soon. When do you anticipate that uh, coming out and how can people find your current projects how can people connect with you um smjcmusic.com and that's Mm. Stephen mcquarter jason claiborne you know but smjcmusic.com um that's our website but there's lots of places that's the best like kind of get you there and you can get to everywhere else but um yeah, we, we uh, have out right now uh, a record that was just nominated for Worship Out of the Year with new release today and stuff, and it's called Highest Praise. And it's interesting that, that it got nominated because it's really like Sunday morning meets like Motown music. <laughs> That's not all we do, but it was like we just had a really good time, like uh, played live with an amazing band. And it was just like we went back in time and made like an old 70s, like Motown record that's for Jesus. And it was unbelievably fun. So... Um, then we, uh, we're going in now uh, to record in just a couple weeks um, this new batch of songs, which are really more corporate worship stuff. And again, we didn't do this because we thought, oh, people will like this. We did this because it's what we were doing, where we were, you know, as people, um, as believers. And so we, I would guess that that would be out in the summer, you know, around July, I think, maybe June. So we'll see. Such a good reminder for all of us that don't do what you think the world wants you to do. The world's already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> do what God's putting in your That's heart right. to do. Yes. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, what an honor to spend some time with you today. It's been speak great, blessing over yeah. all you guys are putting your hand to in music, music world. And uh, we thank you for being faithful yes, to what thank God you. Has, uh, put in your heart. Thanks, guys.